listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good afternoon. Day 33 of 100 Days of Holland. Thank God we are just plowing through. Also, approximately 30 days till election time. So, wherever you are, there is going to be a midterm election. And there will be midterm election selections during that election. So, if you are not registered to vote, go register before you cannot. So, I just invited invited the people, and here we are. October 10, 10, 10 of 2022. So, what is a 10 out of 10 to you? 10 typically is a number of completion. 10 is a number of standards. 10 out of 10. There is a metaphysical meaning to the number 10. Let's just try to find it. It's the completion of a cycle. 10! Let's see here. It's the number of heaven in the world and a universal creation. Number 10 was the holiest of numbers among the Pythagoreans they took their oaths by the number 10 so today is a day of oaths and commitments to the highest order of being for people who are like 10! it's really good it's tops Capricorn is the 10th astrological sign 10 is the highest score possible in Olympic competitions 10 top rim of the basketball goal is always 10 feet above the court. Neon has the academic or atomic number of 10. Sorry. Interstate 10 is a coast-to-coast highway in the United States. It goes from Florida to California. Length of your hand, if adult, is one-tenth of your total height. You also have 10 fingers and 10 toes. Usually. Virginia became the 10th state of the United States. Number 10 Downing Street is the residence of the office of the Prime Minister, often referred to as Number 10. 10th President was John Tyler, 1841-1845. He was the Vice President under President Harrison. Let me see here. French Revolution calendar was based on a 10 clock hour, 10 day week. Weird. 10th day was the day of rest. Could it be a restful day, even though it is the tenth day? Hildegard of Bingen, tenth child, and the tithe, which is ten percent of your income. Ten-year journey of Odysseus. Today is about tens. When I woke up in the morning, I saw a ten ten on the clock, and it was October tenth. So there's a great depth between what we aspire. And what we may be doing right now. The actions we take should be putting us in the frame of what we aspire. If we have aspirations. Some people have zero aspirations. So they're at 10 today. They're like, I am awesome. Things are exactly the way they need to be. I am good. Everything is optimal. But to try to get people to do more or to see themselves in a productive light is something else. 
So we're going to discuss the, per the, per the description, it's subject, object, verb, preposition of the do-nothing complainer, which is somebody who feels to beg the entitled action, they're entitled to the action of others. Oh, well, I don't like this. Someone should do something about this. This is a problem. Someone should do something about this. Or they just want to complain. They feel like it's more more appropriate that someone complained about it, and that's all they're committed to doing. That's it. This fixes the problem. Merely complaining about it fixes the problem. Sometimes complaining is actually actionable. It does do something. Complaining does do something at times. But if the, gr the grievance requires more action upon the complaining, then there's got to be more doers involved. When the doers get involved with the complaining, sometimes there is a hassle. Because the complainers don't always know what to do, and the doers don't necessarily listen to the complainers exactly because they have different complaints about the same problem. So the doers will usually prevail against the complainers because the complainers don't usually want to do and the doers don't usually want to just complain. So they'll be critical of one another in the execution of their aims to get to that ten, that goal. So, um, so what's it to you? I find that one does in fact use the shelter of white lies or self-deception more frequently than say maybe the other one. It's not always so, but I would say the one who's committed and sheerly committed to the doing of nothing will shelter under a white lie like it is a big giant hat that will protect, a sombrero that will protect them from the truth. No, I have this lie. It's fine. The lie is better than the truth. The lie is serving my interest. I don't have to do anything. So, but that is self-deception, which is discouraged. Because self-deception is kind of one of those things where, you know, it never really works out quite the way you thought. If you concede self-deception, the problem still exists. If you concede self-deception, sometimes the problem gets worse. If you concede to self-deception, people think you're a lunatic because you're not in touch with what's actually happening. You're in touch with what you prefer in concept. Soft concept between your ears kind of thing. So to give you a good example, there are people who really wanted the vaccine to, they, they felt that if I just take this vaccine, it will be the end of COVID for everybody. But that was not so. So some people took that. They expanded the range of their concession to the vaccine to everyone. And that is how they chose to end the pandemic for themselves. Okay, now it's over. I took the vaccine. See? It's over. It's over. It's over for me. I did my part. Okay. But it just so happens that there's a lot of medical science out there that is coming back to roost now that says that the vaccines injured a lot of people. A lot more than we intended to. A lot more than we expected. So now the lawsuits are coming. They're, they're coming down like rain. So one of them is, uh, is one family 
one Texas family committed to quote unquote waking up the sheep. The headline is Texas siblings sound alarm on hospital COVID treatment protocols after the death of their mother. Okay, there was a lot of this after people who were in uh, nursing homes and uh, protected care facilities, hospices during the COVID pandemic, like the height of it. And then there's the people who just don't want to let go of it. They don't want to let go of the vaccines, you know, efficacy. Uh, they don't want to allow the fact that there are vaccine injuries appropriated to the problem of these mRNA vaccines, that they have caused fertility issues, they have caused miscarriages in some cases, like up to 40% of pregnancies lost with data from Pfizer not lying, still treated as misinformation. So since these things are so awful and our government is so responsible, the types of things that's, that have been happening or did happen during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, when they had us all in the crush of it, uh, are not flying anymore. And the perfect example is that PayPal tried to leverage a $2,500 hold slash fine on people who were using their payment protocols, you know, to, to, for their small businesses, for things that they, you know, were trying to get through their Venmos, you know, I need to be get paid for this Uber ride, blah, blah, blah. They were using PayPal. And so they were monitoring institution speech, business people's speech, small business people's speech for quote-unquote misinformation. Okay? That policy came from the State Department, which is a foreign, still, it's, it's still a foreign-directed agency. To this day, it is a foreign-directed agency. They do not turn policy inward at the American people, but that's what they got to do during the pandemic. They did it, okay? It was inappropriate, it's wrong, and you need to call them out on it if you haven't. And so now we're back to 10. People who say, okay, I did enough, a white lie was enough, letting it happen was enough, getting my vaccine was enough, I don't want to talk to anybody in government, they know what's right, you're wrong because government. No, it's not good enough. It's not good enough for the people who were vaccine injured. It's not good enough for the people who were, who were uh, siphoned off of, who had to stay behind the, the unemployment rigmarole and who got robbed, you know, by a foreign government, first the Nigerians, then the Chinese, for lack of inf basic information security, okay? There were information security protocols that were bad. I mean, toilet bad. And then they got us. They got us again. They got our benefits. And so there were a lot of things that went wrong during the pandemic, but I would say that relying on the government was, was really something you would not advocate for strongly. But until they lift the, what do we got? You know, what do we got? We They are not going to lift the 
liability protection on Pfizer. They're not going to do that until they do that. So we have the HRSA. I know that Jenny Hatch wanted to protest the fact that I use the HRSA, which was a government program. I'll, I will. It is a government program. It is not a team of lawyers. It is a government appropriation for the vaccine injured. Pretending it doesn't exist, pretending that it's something else that it's not, like an NGO or a group of lawyers or something else that it isn't, you know, the HRSA is a, is a government program. Your taxes paid for it, period. So I'm going to run that promo now. And in the frame which it was intended so that you can know about it and go there and see for yourself. Hello everyone, this is Sheila, host of the Unsanctioned Citizen and That AI Show. I wanted to share a little bit about the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program as part of the HRSA. If you or someone you know is suffering from the lasting effects of an illness or disability symptoms after taking a vaccine, please contact the Health Resources and Services Administration to learn more about the resources available to you that could help you and many others. For claims associated with the COVID-19 vaccine or other COVID-19 related countermeasures, please file your request for benefits with the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program. Please visit injurycompensation.hrsa.gov to learn more and tell a friend. Okay, so there it is. There it is. So we have to not hide under 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 like this shelter of white lights. I'll give you another example. When there was a nuclear threat, which we're you know apparently is is in vogue again now. Uh, you know they they said okay well when in the event of a nuclear bomb going off in your neighborhood, what you need to do is just hide under your desk. And we know there's a lot of people who knew right then that hiding under your desk would do buckus, do zero. It was meant to keep you calm. It was essentially a the process that you give somebody when they can do nothing. It was a white lie. Rather than going ape shit and, you know, choking someone out or I don't know, everybody would be dead anyway. So I think that there's some Governments have a tendency to, to be occasionally intellectually dishonest because it fills the hole of government. Meaning, like, there's a government hole here. Put something in there. You follow me? Like, there should be government here over an ungovernable process. For instance, a nuclear bomb going off is an ungovernable process. Force majeure, like a mass hurricane ungovernable. Okay, there will be survivors. It's there will be an opportunity for better government and better handling of emergencies at that time. But uh do you govern the hurricane? Not really. Not really. You know, live comet effect can't really control that. Maybe there's been attempts to to steer meteors away from the earth. That's been that's been done. Okay? So there is an outsized sense of responsibility, but 
I think for the people who govern, it's more important that they, they said something, even if it's false, rather than being truthful. So I don't think that's good enough. I don't think that they are the end-all be-all. I don't believe that government is essentially truthful or the end of the story. So for people, you know, for people who have, that's all they have, meaning that's, that's all they, they believe that they get, you know, they don't necessarily rely on themselves, they don't necessarily walk out on their own understandings, and then they don't, they don't allow for divine intervention, like they don't allow for some, something, the outcome of something outside of themselves to be superior. Okay, so they get they get kind of controlling with themselves, and they get controlling with others. And the way it usually works, unfortunately, is how it went down. Maybe you had a relative like this. But this is how it went down for me, and how it went down for a lot of people during the pandemic. Okay. Okay, they put on that white hat, wide brimmed vaccine protocol sombrero. Boop! They just put it right on their head, and they're like, "I took my vaccine." Now everybody has to take their vaccine. Okay? You can't come to Christmas unless there's a vaccine involved. And then they go outside after they took their vaccine. And they ran around with no mask. And they ran around like there's no other rules. And they're like, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm not spreading this disease. I'm not spreading this disease. Does anybody remember this? Can I, can I get an amen from anybody? Does anybody remember this? I remember. Because they thought, well, you know, and my job is to make you take your vaccine so that I feel like the white light works. People were still getting sick. They knew it. They knew it at that time. Didn't care. They were hiding underneath that white light. I mean, just they just put on like a big hat. I did it. We're all good. It's not true. So it will continue to go on. That's how people are. I've learned something about people, and it, it's a good lesson. It's a, it's a really solid lesson. And it, it's that if you offer people a white lie and, and put it next to the truth, sometimes they'll pick that white lie because, because they feel like they can be superior, more superior. They can feel better. They can... They, they are more comfortable with it hiding underneath the white lie than they are dealing with the actual truth, which is there is an uncontrolled situation that that is not going to work out in their favor. There's, there's not much you can do, but you can, you can just, you know, pray and get through it and rely on your own senses. So I urge you to, to conform to the to the angels of your better nature, to conform to to the bareness of of truth, to the grief it pre presents you, you know, adopt a, a manly challenge, an adult challenge, to adopt the truth, and to allow it to coach you into reality. It, it's not always you won't always do it right. I'm not saying I get it right. But if you do it more often, you get more practice. And then you're not going to be one of these do-nothing complainers who's like, okay, well, I did what they told me. 
I'm good. See? See, everything's fixed because I did what they told me. And I know it's a lie, but, but I did it. I'm, I'm, wearing the, I'm, I'm wearing that hat. So, all right. Now it's time for the challenge to my assertions here. On a 10 out of 10 day, where is the prospect of a white light for you? Call in. Let us know how you feel about that. Oh, bloody! Our favorites. One of our favorites. Hello, Vlad. Hope Invite you. your people. Invite your people. They need to hear you. Thank you. I hope you're doing good on this um, 10 out of 10, October 10th, Monday. Yeah. Okay. I hope everything is, is working out for you. No, you know, this thing, people are just going to line up. People are just heard. They're heard. They're stupid. They'll, they'll follow without thinking. The government told me, the church told me, uh, my friend told me, he got the shot. Well, shit, if everybody's throwing themselves off the cliff right into rocky ocean, they'll jump too. Hey, is everybody doing it? Why can't I? You know? Stupid shit like that. People are dumb. They'll just follow protocol. They won't challenge. They'll abide. Uh, I don't want this problem. I don't want to be seen as a negative. I don't, I don't want to be seen as the oddball. I don't want the government after me. I got to keep my job. No fight. No, 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 uh, no, bo no uh, spine to fight. No courage. You know? no, no courage. courage. No courage. Yeah, no desire. No they courage. just want to live a comfortable life, peaceful. That's the problem with a lot of peaceful people. You've been living in peace so long. That is great. God bless you. The problem is you, 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 those people that are just stay at peace. When the shit hits the roof, you get a new a t attacked by an enemy country. They rather die, not fight. You know, they're 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 what you call on. They're not even the peacemakers. They're just they cower down. They live the comfortable life. They criticize the government. They 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 criticize life because petty, stupid little things they didn't and get all life. And then they criticize the doers, bloody. Exactly. You try to do why, why do we have an army? Mm -hmm. Why do we have a military? Why do we have a, a, a? Why do they go to war? Why? I go. Why didn't you do it when you could? Why didn't you join? They serve. They're reaping their benefit. Some went to war. Some don't. So what do they do? They just stand in the way criticizing. Oh, I, I'm just, I'm a man of peace. I'm the man of peace. They don't even know what that term is. They're not even peace peacemakers. They're more like Karen. They start shit with people. Yes! With their neighbors. Oh, my God. They are like oh. hater Karens. Yeah. And it's the worst. Like, I get scorned so badly by these little nitpicking do-nothings. I mean, I'm out there, like, hustling solutions. Doing something about the problem, and they're like, "You're awful! How dare you? No, they're, How dare you? They're 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 an, they're an oddball. All these they're are not oddballs. Oddball. They're the majority. I, I know, but are they American? Is that what America is? Oh, about? I mean, yes. They're like, "How dare you? This isn't your job. Nobody asked you to do that." Uh, did I get my white lady tone right? Did I get it right? <laughs> if 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 something were to happen in Texas, instead of fixing and repairing, let God forbid you had a meteorite strike several cities and burn them down to, to a crisp and leave the ashes, instead of saying, let's rebuild our beautiful uh, city of Dallas. Well, Texas or, aren't like that. Or, Do you remember Hurricane Harvey? Yeah. The Cajun Navy 
Like everybody okay, was pulling I'm wrong. together. I take that back. I take that back. Okay, but, but you know that's now. what happens in disasters here. Like people take responsibility. They're like, nope, we gotta, we gotta get these people out of here. We'll, you know, you got a boat. Let's go I, get. I expect that only of Californians. I expect that of Californians that I moved in. If shit were to hit, they'll say, you know what? Too bad. I never liked this red town anyway. They're too Republican, so they'll move out and they'll leave you there. And they don't care if they lose the house. No, don't, don't leave I'm the house. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, serious. That's what I expect out of fellow Americans, uh, fellow Californians, correctly, for them to be cowered down to, to do that. That's so sad, honestly. You know, if you weren't there from that town, you weren't raised or whatever, you don't care. You you haven't been there long enough, let's say, because some of these Californians have been there just two, three years, and they're running away from Gavin Newsom and his and his uh, high taxes and, and gas prices and you know, you know, high cost of living here in California. So they left to Texas. But I don't believe them. They're, they're out there. If they didn't go there with a the heart to say, you know what? I want to go there. I want to go live there because Texas is great. Texas is beautiful. Texas is red. And it doesn't have all the problems that California. And I'm going to go make my life. And my, my next born children will be from Texas. And I'll live. Do you, and, and, know, you know that there's a there's a there's a a single word to describe complaining about a problem without proposing a solution? No, tell me. Do you what know what it's called? No, it's called whining. Oh, it's called oh, whining. Right. And we have that. I, I encounter that every day here in Collins. I encounter that every here every day with men even my age that I'm disgusted. I'm like, you're supposed to be a Gen X. Yeah, you're acting like a millennial or, or, or Generation Z. Very cowardly. What is wrong with you? Well, I'm, I'm reading this, this simple explainer because it helps my mind not go... Blah, 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 blah. It says, because it's easier to complain than do the actual work. I've seen umpteen number of people nagging and nagging about the job they're in. Rather than dealing with it, they decide to bitch about it in every single opportunity. I was one of those guys who used to complain on what was wrong with the company I was working for, their processes, their choice of technology, their lead architect. Um, if you can't deal with it, you'll complain. Shady. But I, eventually I picked up my stuff. I quit. I got a new job. So. You don't, Shayla, I'm going to leave you with yes. this because I'm going to help my mom in a minute because we just woke up pretty late. It's almost 2 o'clock. It's almost 2.30. But let me tell you this. I meet people like that every day. I look, you know what they yeah. taught me at a young age as a Hispanic American? Be thankful for what you got. And when they serve, when yep. your mom serves you the plate, you don't bitch and whine. You didn't give me pancakes. No, motherfucker. I gave you Mexican breakfast. Now you eat that shit. <laughs> I'm not making any other thing. There's no American white man food like you wanted. I'm not taking you to McDonald's. I'm not giving you pancakes. I gave you Mexican <laughs> you know, breakfast. Now you eat it. And, and you know what? I learned to appreciate what? what was given to me. I didn't bring you Chinese food like you wanted. I didn't bring you Indian food that you wanted. I cooked a home meal. Now you're going to eat it, young man. And I just looked at my mom and said, yes. Why? Because it would have been disrespectful. And not only would I have gone to whoop it or gone, or, or, or gone to my room without eating, but you don't do that. You learn to appreciate, to control yourself, and shut the hell up and put that big fat spoon in your big fat mouth that's what it's about you know okay? i think i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say yes and that people don't understand that the role of gratitude and in, in getting ahead i'm gonna i'm gonna make it like more meta what yeah, you said yeah. is is perfectly essential it's essential 
But sometimes you can't beat someone into into to manufacturing gratitude because they're not grateful for what they have. So you have to a- appeal to something else. The appeal of gratitude is to get you to see the truth of what is currently going right in your life. The appeal of gratitude will help you understand that if this wasn't here, if this wasn't core to your life, you would not be okay. So it Shayla, helps people I've, stay grounded. Shayla, I've had I've had immigrants from different Did you different say immigrants? Like, immigrants, yeah, immigrants that have migrated legally to the US and they told me Okay, can, my you, man, can you speak I, up? I, speak up, Lonnie. They they tell me, my man, I started at a at, at a doing garbage. I, and, and I mean the garbage man being paid a good job by the city with with benefits and union. No, I was at a garbage collector and I had to dress up and I had to clo- you know I had to put a mat and I had to sort garbage. I did that mm-hmm. for a year. I got tired of. But you know what? That just emboldened me because I came educated for my country and I for whatever career. But I couldn't practice here legally because I didn't know English, so I just got back into school. I worked during the day. I went to school at night. But I never whined. I was in the U.S. I became an American. That's the process. You go by steps. You move up the ladder. You move up the stairs, whatever you want to call it. But you don't whine. You look back and say, I did that. It was horrible. I got money for it. But I moved on. Or I worked out picking, cherry picking, or onion picking, or apple picking. You know, there's some people that want to stay there because they've done it all their life and they're comfortable. Fine. God bless you more for, for picking our fruits that we'll eventually get at the supermarket because of your hard work and labor. But they don't bitch and grind. They're just, what? I'm thankful. I'm grateful. Because I was in a worse situation, paying play to slave labor, and I bettered my situation using the same skills that I was taught by my parents who worked agriculture. But you know, our Americans are, are filthy. They got their value Sometimes system. You know? Sometimes they're they, filthy. They, no, yeah. I'm referring to these particular. I'm referring to these, not the whole. I'm referring well, to these the filthy particular. Americans. Let's just talk about those filthy Americans. <laughs> Because I don't know about the – there are not filthy Americans, and then there are filthy, terrible Americans. So so let's just – you want to focus on the filthy ones, so let's let's talk about the filthy ones. And, and you know, the, the filthy ones, unfortunately, they are the ones that have this bad attitude. They, they, they're not grateful. Mm. A lot are on the left, unfortunately. They're not on the right. A lot are on the left. All you hear is they try to look at everything that's wrong with the United States. I've, I've told them, and, I, and they actually kicked me out. I've told them, why don't you ever look at – the goodness of what what's gone what's gone was happening in the United States. Why is me, it that it's always the negative? I've got I've got an answer to that question. You're you're asking a rhetorical question. I have a rhetorical answer. It says uh, there can be many reasons. According to this this article, it says there can be many reasons why people do this. I have a friend who's constantly complained about her high energy bills. So I told her about my supplier, who's one of the cheapest and convenient. I told her to contact them back in December. Blah blah blah. All she had to do was call them uh, and, and do something about it. To this day, she hasn't done it, but she's still complaining about the bills. Okay? They don't feel relevant or important unless they're complaining. They think that complaining is doing something. And I've seen this. Somebody else explained this to me carefully. It comes from a specific place of class in some cases. The type of bitching, and you said Karen, and I think you really got it. 
Taking out the garbage is somebody else's problem. It's somebody else's role. Someone should be doing something about this. Somebody should be taking out my garbage right now. Well, you could take it out. Bloody? They could take it out. They don't do that. That that's what they wish. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sitting there and complaining like that's doing something. Remove this garbage or I will complain. It's like, you, you, bitch, do something. You know, Sheila, right there, and you've been right there sometimes with me in the mm -hmm. Tavern Hangout. Some of those guys, not all of them, but some of those guys, I'll just leave it at that, are whiners and complainers. Well, I mean, and the world's always, full and, of people, yeah. you know, and, and some of and, them are like this. You know, and this is the contest. It's the, it's the contest. They will shout you down and treat you like junk. If you do something about a problem that they have been complaining about, this is where what's counterintuitive. I get up, I say, "This is also uh, this is a problem. I'm going to do something about this." They're like, "Nobody authorized you to do that. Nobody told you to do anything." You're, you're, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. Yeah, and you know what? They'll be sitting around complaining about this thing until Kingdom Come, and then. The people who lead, who actually stoop to pick up the ability to do something about it, will get ahead. Okay? But the ones running, running around, like, like do... They, they are not going to do anything for the effort. Okay? That, that's, I guess that's my point. That's something that I needed to say on a 10-day. You want to be the person who has the ability to do something about your problems. Not the person who sits around like a baby in a crib, yelling and crying about it, doing nothing. Let me let okay? me tell you. When you are you. fully capable of handling it, you just Shayla, won't. Let me let me share my own life in two minutes. All right, do it. I'm working caregiving. I'm thankful for it, but I'm prepared to go back into IT. Am I ungrateful for what I have? No. Am I hurting that I could make better money? Yeah. Yeah. But nothing's going to take away the, the pleasure, the honor, the service to humble my ass and serve my mom. Nothing beats that. Would I like my sister to comply and say, I'll line up and we'll take over? Yeah. But they want to do it in their way. My mom says, I don't like it how they do it. Okay, so I have to respect that. But do I bitch and whine and cry? No. You know what I do, Shayla? I, I continue to prepare academically. No, I'm not going to school. There's a line of certifications I have to finish. I got two that I'm working on. Yeah, it's an army. Of they're, hard, they're hard. They're mm hard -hmm. as hell because I have to force myself unwillingly wanting to having to, to, to read technical manuals. Mm -hmm. I do it because once I get that, I'll put it on my resume as part of my pedigree, you know? And the next employer that looks at it says, Vladdy, when you're ready. But I get notices all every week. Do you want to come in? $27 an hour, 30 days. I'm like, oh, man, I would like to. I came back from a seven-month uh, contracting job from NBC Universal, and it was fun. And you know how, what happened, Shayla? I went from five, 46 times because I'm a fat fucker. I went down to 42. So I'm less of a fat fucker now, and I'm happy. But you know what? It was an honor to get in there and get beaten up working, uninstalling old monitors, going under desk when my head was spinning the first week because that's how bad I was out of shape. But you know what? 
I got better, and I lost weight, and I felt proud, and I feel good. That at almost 50, That's I'm right, still buddy. ripping it. I'm still kicking ass. And you know what? You. I'm grateful every day. Thank God Almighty. I'm grateful every day. Continue. Seriously. Hey. I mean, you're inspiring me big time. You are inspiring you know, and, and, me. And this is my life. This is not a narrative I made. This is what I experienced. And I would like another year contract. Put my mom to my mom's care and everything. But you know what? I know that my sisters would easily say, why don't you put her in her home? No, she's not ready for that. I still could do it, but I'm missing out, and I would like to go back because it's really mm-hmm. about what you like to do in career-wise and the money that they pay you. But, you know, I'll take over that I just enjoy it, too. The thing, the thing, the thing is, the day that my mom has to go into either my sister's care, like my, my oldest sister said she'll take over, but it's mm-hmm. going to be a little bit over a year and a half before that's ready, mm-hmm. and or it's either that, her, what she's offering, or having to put my mom in a home, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Nobody wants they, to they do die that, because, because you know why? They die early. They die early. Even if you visit them, they die because they don't. They're not. They're they're not in their own home like before. So I told my sister, if you help me out on that, I could finish my certification. Okay. I could either do IT or get into trucking like your son has been pushing me to do. But I just want to live. I got no wife. I got no children. I got nothing to stand me back. But I'll know in the back of my mind with the security and the peace of heart, without whining, without crying, without bitching, without being a male Karen, that I'll know that my mom is there for. I love it. I love it. I'm going to pull you up in the speaker just because you said that. And then I'm going to right. take William. Because he you. wants to talk. Okay, I'm going to hear Will. Why do the speak? Speech. Speech. Ah, <laughs> speech. Okay, William. You've been rapping us like almost every program. Peace. How you doing, sister and brother? How are Hi. you? Hi. Hi. How's it going? Much love. So today's topic is ten out of ten. You know, and we're talking basically about kind of like the Karen problem, which is where people complain and do zero. Yeah, I got that. I. I some I, yeah. Some people will complain, and it actually does do something. And then some people complain and do something. I I vie that if you complain and do something and do something, you're doing a hell of a lot more than the person who just complains. So, but the person who just complains and sees the person who complains and do something will often go out of their way to try to sabotage or hate down the person who's doing something. So we call those people Karens. Go ahead, William. Okay. Um, I don't know where to begin and where to end. <laughs> How about I gratitude? Mean, well, what are the three things you're grat- grateful for right today that are right in your in your world? What What is correct? What is 10 in your day? Oh. Um, Colin? <laughs> Colin you know, is Colin. 10 in your day. All right. I'm sure they'll, they'll be really happy to hear about that. Yeah. All right. Great. Um, let me jump to a couple of things here. The most recent is, I I mean, I respect Vlad. I know he wants to be the conqueror, and I, and we joke about <laughs> that, you know. But um, let me, well, okay. When I was in Southern Cal and working construction on heavy equipment, I stuck up in companies where people coming over from the border were working for American companies, and not we weren't getting our breaks. And I'm being American. I stood up and said, I'm 
making a point here that if we're not getting our breaks, the way it normally works in the construction field, you get a break in the morning, get a break in the afternoon, half hour lunch, the breaks are 10 minutes. If they don't want to give you your breaks afternoon, or they'll make they'll talk to the crew and say, we'll extend your lunch. No, it was none of that. And that happened in multiple companies. And you know who got the worst of it? The guys coming over the border who had fake papers, hard workers. I've talked about this before. And they took advantage, right? And so when I stood up, I got laid off repeatedly. And as far as the labor board, they were feckless. They were useless. They, yeah. okay, no. So Vlad, you know, there's a lot of oppression, repression, and the American companies are profiteering off the backs of your people. And so when I stood up for them, I got laid off, but I knew I can get another job. So I was like, fine. I had guys tapping on the shoulder saying, Bill, Bill, stop, stop. You're going to get fired. You're going to get us all in trouble. I said, screw that shit. I'm going to speak up for our labor rights. So that's number one. When I, and I saw a lot of that in Southern Cal. When I worked up north, it wasn't that way so much. Uh, when I, they transferred me up to northern sites for federal super fund, even on federal super fund sites. Now, so the, it's the American companies that are profiteering, and I saw it repeatedly off the backs of good people like Vlad, and Vlad doesn't realize how much they uh, monetize them and abuse them because maybe he does, but I didn't hear that. Okay. So yeah, he didn't say anything. Because right. he didn't say anything. It wasn't. A well, I don't know where, where he's coming from with that. I'm just trying to say that it's not now. Let me say something else. Right. They foreclosed on my father's biz, bike shop building, stole the equity. I got screwed in my SSDI based on statute of limitations issues when I applied versus I, I, I've been through this with a lot of people. OK, I've known guys who tried to get their SSDI using attorneys. And the attorneys stole the retroactive payment. But yeah, I represented that's how myself. it happens. You know, you, the attorneys serve themselves first. Right, but these and, guys... And that's, mm, that's why they, it's self-advocacy is, is a huge tool. Huge. There's a, a huge self-advocacy movement for the, for the disabled. And right, I'm totally right. on board. Well, because... here's the thing. The Connecticut Legal Rights Project, Disability Rights Connecticut, even I was getting illegally evicted. I was in the hotel industry because I was getting brain MRIs. No one from Chrysler would rent me a room. When they broke contract, forget about Connecticut Legal Rights Project for the disabled. The government-funded agencies won't go against the big fish, like the hotel industry or the Catholic Church, things I fought. Now, I want to share something that may help people. Most importantly, you tell me when to stop because... It, to help people in this coming eviction crisis, people don't realize how to fight and get at least, at the very least, they want to bitch. Here's a way to extend your stay as long as possible. You may not prevail because the courts can be very landlord favored if it's a large enough um, corporation who pays a lot of rent to, I'm sorry, a lot of taxes to the state. You follow me? Or a guy who owns a lot of property, like we have a couple uh, here in. Uh, Shelton, Bridgeport Avenue, they, they mm -hmm. tons of property. You rent something from them, you don't stand a snowball's chance in hell in court, no matter how right you are. But what you can do, first of all, real quick, something people can do, thumbnail version. When you get an eviction notice, file, file your response, file your answer. Why? Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's, they a do, do, that's an action item. Right, okay? right. 
What? William, yes. what, what what are you going to say to the person who's going to sit there in their swill and expect someone else to do for do for? Well, they're going to get <laughs> they're going to get a marshal knocking on the door and to pull their stuff out of their place if they don't do something. They're going to have to they're going to get victims. What's going to happen? <laughs> but you know, so so you know, my and what happens is people get afraid. Fear is a big factor here. When you people are afraid, they're intimidated. They're, they're and that's a real thing. I mean, um, so all I'm saying is don't <clears throat> you don't have to be afraid of the system. There's res- don't forget about state legal services, some of these other advocacy groups, unless you're just smart uh, fighting a very small uh, residential type landlord, you know, with small mm. parcels. Um, but if you why do you follow an answer? Because then there has to be a court date. What you're trying to do is extend the stay scheduling. Will extend your stay to have to schedule a court date. Then you go in and you're going to meet with a mediator. You're not going to go right before a judge first. And you can represent yourself. And maybe your landlord hasn't done what they should be doing, whether it's changing the locks, locking you out, you know, not fixing leaky pipes or mold, whatever. That's your chance. Bring in photos, bring in evidence, corroborating evidence. And that's your chance. Now you got a mediator there. And you may get this resolved and be able to stay there and set up a payment plan. Because you got behind because you weren't going to pay this skunk when he wasn't, you know, uh, upholding your rights. So if that, if then if you want to stand your ground, you say, no, I want to go to a hearing. The next step is you go before a judge that same day. Okay. But if the judge's landlord favorite, which can happen, he may frankly railroad you. You can file a motion to open judgment pursuant fraud on the court. Real simple. The judge has been fraudulent. Why? Because then they got to schedule another court date. You see? So you can extend your place there. I get, 10 months I extended my stay in one place that was breaking contract that had a lot of power. That, you know, the first time was four months. Then I learned the next level that I just told you, 10 months. And then based on the doctrine of unclean hands, if they broach, breach contract, you don't owe them anything. Because once they're fraudulent under the doctrine of unclean hands, which you can find online, which right. is good across the United States. The, in other words, if you're someone's fraudulent, they can't say, yeah, but you owe me. You see what I mean? It wipes that right out. So, in other words, any fraudulent charges or charges when they weren't maintaining their side of the contract, go null and void. I had to happen twice. So... Where I came out, claw back, claw back. You may not prevail at the end of the day, but you can claw back. So housing's an issue for people. The crisis is going to keep coming. I want to share that. So remember, you have rights. It's not that hard to do the housing thing. I just described it in how long, you know, and it's that straightforward. Do you see what I'm saying? So Yeah, I mean, you just got to keep your side of the street clean. And and so I'm glad what's 10 in your day is, is calling. And, yep. and that you're you're positing really a, a decently considered and actionable self advocacy. Yes. If you're if you're stuck for legal resources and you're being stuck for resources by a predatory um, lawyer, which you know th- this is why I avoid lawyers. Yeah. It's, it's I I have skills and tools mm-hmm. that have availed me. I want to stay away from the power struggles of lawyering if i can unless i get a powerful legal team that's going to be effective they're not going to mess around they're they're kind of like they're sting operations they get in do it get out get the win or get out 
Yeah, like, it's go it, in it, with a full intent to to get it done. Or, you know, get a win, and if you can't get a win, you know, you try something else. Well, the other thing is learning what your rights are. Like you know, say someone's not maintaining the property, you then have leverage. Do you follow me? You have yeah. leverage, and it's yeah. all about leverage. So. You, you know, there's a lot of resources online. One I really love, a, a lady who I pay it for to all the time, who in Rhode Island caught like catching fish, .net, the pro say way. I'm not affiliated with her at all, but she got caught in the system. She put up a site on how to fight corruption, and she got links to everything you could think of, like almost any, whether you're fighting criminal, housing, mm. you know, civil. Um, and she's keeping herself alive. Do you, do you think Karen is a slur? I'm just out of, out of you know, to... to... Karen is actually a pejorative term. Mm. I mean, it's kind of a slang term, and there's been there's even been um, characteristics of calling it a racist, anti-woman, hackle term. Like, you know, if I if I stand up and complain about you know a large rat turd in my dish, I can be called a Karen. Um, but if I can prove that it's there, I'm not a Karen. So. If I do, if I sit there and try to eat around a turn in my dish, and I don't do anything, and and I don't complain, I'm just a spineless wimp. But, but if I if I do something about it, um, it, it should be okay. It should be okay. So, there's criticism of of any and all activists trying to to better themselves in their situations, and it's part of the reason why it's difficult is because people get shouted down a lot. You know they have they have an immediate opinion about you bettering your situation, and if it's not what they want or somebody else wants, you know they seem to have a, a big opinion about it. And but they're not in any position to prosper themselves from the situation. Meaning, okay, take a, okay garbage is the, is the typical go-to. Okay. If there is a big pile of garbage in the middle of the living room and you have four roommates and nobody's doing anything, what do you think happens to the garbage? The pile gets bigger and it rots. <laughs> That's right. And you know what? That actually happened to me in college. Yeah. That happened to me in college. And yeah. what was really weird about that situation was that I finally got gumped up and got rid of the I took out the garbage. Okay. Yeah. And within maybe six hours, there was another equally heavy, really awful lot of garbage that wow. came completely piled up. Mm. And again, this this garbage strike between the four of us went on. Wow. And it it also happened with the dishes. Yeah. Okay. So, and I think that there was an issue because everyone felt it was somebody else's job to do it and it wasn't and as a result there were four stupid women living in a filthy apartment overflowing with garbage and dirty dishes that's what uh, happened I didn't think women got that way I know guys I was in college I saw well, that let me, just, women let me just dispel the magic for you sir I mean <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Young women can be absolute pigs. I mean, vile little piglets. Okay? 
Especially the ones that had maids growing up. They absolutely (laughs) think that somebody else is coming in here to clean this shit. Okay? That's what they think. And when it doesn't happen, uh, they they do what they've always done, which is, somebody should do something about this. Well, you can do something about it. Oh, I'm not doing anything about this. Right? They need to hire a house cleaner for a day. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe they can just be their own house cleaner for a day. Know, and, know. and, you know, it's not it's not that bad to deal with your own stuff. I do I, it all. <laughs> I do it every day. Right, Everybody else yeah. has to do it. Why can't you deal with your own stuff? you got to get somebody else to deal with your own stuff. Isn't it more private to deal with your own stuff? Well, like I said, these are what we used to call, um, uh, let's see, you got Goldilocks and Peter Pans. You know, you got guys who are that way and women who are that way. They, they, well, not Goldilocks. I mean, uh, Princess, Princess, and Peter Pans. That's right. I, so I think got, Lloyd Fauntleroy has been lifted there. You know, like <laughs> Little Lord Fauntleroy. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think we're getting around to the same thing. It's emotional immaturity yeah. in people who believe that it's somebody else's responsibility to take care of problems that they mm. easily take care of and when it's not easy to take care of the problems they they don't do what they can do and then they make it they yell and scream at somebody else who's doing more and so i'm just gonna say as a uh, as a general solution to to all of that do as much as you can on your own and then it's okay to ask for more help when it's time but go to somebody level-headed go to somebody who who gets it, gets that the problem is more important than the pride about dealing with the problem mm-hmm. and who's in charge because you're not going to get anything done with somebody who's more, they're more focused on getting, being in charge and telling someone else what to do than they are dealing with the problem. Yeah, that's, I, 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 I don't live that way. My father was, we grew up sweeping the, sidewalk at the bike shop taking out the trash and doing everything learning more as we got older to take more responsibility you know so i never had that was never part of my life but i understand uh what what is the anathema what is the thing that 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 really kind of makes me feel very strange about the reality that i'm in currently is that there's a lot of people who manage to get themselves into leadership positions who do nothing Mm. okay and then people keep them there who do nothing like well you you said this the right way you did this the right way you you will you will put up with the orders that are do nothing orders and and you serve us white lies so we're happy but they they live with the problems it's crazy i think maybe if you're talking an electoral situation that the right and left wing frankly they're both co-opted by the same uh, you know, corporate uh, captured um, uh, lobbyists and, and businesses. There's, I think it's uh, unfortunate, and we're get, we're being duped by the branding. I'm an independent, and I think uh, we can pretty much see. Uh, uh, there know, is a like, difference. There's a difference between somebody who actually wants to improve something. They've got policies. They've got a plan. They talk to you about it. And that's way different from somebody who's like, nope, 
how they said it was wrong and they went on TV and I don't like what they said and how they said it so blah 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 but there's no plan there's just they have nothing they have no policy they have no offerings they have no do plan and okay. because they have then they have no do plan I think that you should know the difference between a, someone who's gonna hand you a white lie in a hat and somebody who's got a do plan so at least for the time that we have which maybe I'm gonna call it it in less than four minutes William um, which do you prefer if you had a vote today somebody who had kind of like an okay do plan and some policy or, or somebody who's who's you know an incumbent who did nothing well obviously the do plan I I uh, set up a table at the Cabrillo Boulevard in Santa Barbara when Ross Perot was running I got involved with their local group there and I garnered signatures I'll tell you a lot of people stopped and were very interested and the majority of them did sign for Ross Perot you know like a, a petition to get behind them this is um, early on in his campaign and um, very few people were argumentative and and a couple were but Santa Barbara was is a pretty progressive town and yet so people were all for the progressive platform he had and and you know unfortunately um, well I don't know why uh, things didn't work out for him personally mm. what mm. happened but um, you know There's I a lot I, of money in Santa Barbara too which is why yeah. it attracts a lot of leftists it's kind of synonymous I don't know why there are so many like feeder parasite leftists who get involved with with people who make a lot of I mean a lot of income I mean like Martha's Vineyard level income mm. like super secret billionaire squatting plant income you know hedge fund income yeah all I, I, I don't know how they find the money it's so weird it's like these are political parasites who are just driven yeah. to large pots of money. I mean, well, I'm more interested. Like, how did you do that? How did you make it? <laughs> They're like, no, I, it, it's mine now. You should give it to me. Kind of thing. Like, I, I didn't, never thought that because the objective for me, I'm like Blotty. I want to work for my money. I just do. I want to work for my money. I want to earn my money. And then I want to save my money and spend my money the way I need to. But these people want to spend somebody else's money and then tell you how to spend yours and then also take your money and give it to the government, which is weird for me. For me. Well, they're they're just captured and, and they're uh, predatory corporatists or capitalists, you know, the inverted totalitarianism Chris Hedges describes, it's actually Sheldon Wallen, Democracy Incorporated. I think that pretty much, uh, that whole uh, paradigm uh, lays out. Um, and it's unfortunate, but it's where we're, what we're living in today. And um, That's what we're in. That's what we're in, man. All right. Well, we got, we got 20 seconds left. Uh, any, any final, final thoughts? Um, love to oh, hear what, oh, hey. Have a great day. Love you. Okay. Okay, All right. Adios, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye now. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access unsanctioned citizen podcast archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and call in. 
Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.